Welcome to Inspired Changemakers, a podcast about all the amazing things people are doing to make the world a better place. This podcast is about creating change and the moments that inspired our guests to activate. My name is Julia Healy, and I'm the CEO of United Charitable. Stay tuned to be inspired. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. We have a very long history. I can't wait to get into it. So I'm going to do your introduction. Dr. Love saying, Mindy Malowski, principal of Lawrence Middle School in Mercer County, New Jersey, has dedicated her career to fostering a school environment that promotes compassion, empathy, and kindness. As an educator for over 30 years, Dr. Mindy Malowski has made great strides in providing students with an educational experience that complements high standards in all academic disciplines with a focus on developing students' social and emotional competencies. Since becoming principal of Lawrence Middle School, she has received nine, nine, not enough, like, yeah, nine, promising practice awards from the Character Education Partnership and has been identified as the New Jersey State School of Character. Beyond the school day, Dr. Mindy Milowski serves as an instructor for the Foundation of Educational Administrators, nationally recognized in the New Jersey Excel program, which inspires future administrators to lead with heart. And just most recently, in 2023, you were recognized as the New Jersey Principals and Supervisors Association Visionary Principal of the Year. Man, that's exciting. And because you weren't done, because one wasn't enough, right, in, in true Mindy fashion. Um, you were also recognized as the National Association of the Secondary School Principals as the Distinguished Principal in 2023 as well. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, that, that, you have other awards, yeah. but I can't spend the whole podcast yeah. <laughs> reading your list of accolades. <laughs> okay. um, and I love that you say Dr. Mindy Malavsky, because when you, you always wanted to call me Mindy, just Mindy. Yeah. So now you can call me Dr. Mindy. Dr. Mindy, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you on this. And, and you know, my podcast and really the whole vision of this is sitting down and talking to people that are inspired change makers, whether they do it through their philanthropy work, right, and their, or it's because they inspire other people through their coaching. Um, but you are the first educator that I've had on the podcast. And as you know, I come from a long line of educators, so this is very exciting for me. But we also have some personal history, we do. You are my first boss. That's like my head like goes boom on that one. I cannot. So I can't wait to get into all of this, but I want to start with, tell me a little bit about your background. Okay. First, I just want to thank you because you inspire me. Um, and I, I'm just amazed by you. And so I'm very honored to be here. So thank you so much for inviting me. Um, about me. What inspires me? Is that what you asked me? No, tell me a little bit about your background. How did My you background. get into teaching? What was the kind of your path? Because I know you swam. Yeah, I was a swimmer. But um, I've always wanted to be a teacher. I played school. Did you? Yeah, with my, my dolls. Um, did you have a chalkboard? I did not have a chalkboard. They didn't have those back then, Julia. <laughs> uh, there was no dry erase boards or chalkboards. <laughs> I just had my little stools. Yeah. And then I would put my dolls on the stool. Um and we would play school all the time. I had my Barbies. Okay, of course. You know, we had that Barbies. Um, you know, Ken was there too. So, okay. and I actually had a Donny Osmond doll. I'm really dating myself now. Yeah. Um, 
but no, I just really wanted to, um, to help people. You know, I, I just, I love, um, sharing my life with other people and sharing their lives and learning about them and getting to know them. I'm very curious, um, about all things. And so just to be able to share those things with other people. And I had a love for health and fitness and wellness. And so I started off as a health and phys ed teacher. And as you said, I was a swimmer. I played field hockey. You know, I like to run and not now as much, but, um, so fitness was a big part of that. So starting off as a phys ed teacher. And when you were in college, you went to Trenton State, right? Or sorry. Yes, it was Trenton State. College of New Jersey yes. for all my New Jerseyans that I just offended. Um, and you swam in college. I did. All through, I started when I was six years old. Okay. Um, I started teaching swimming. And I think that also kind of started my teaching experience besides babysitting. Um, I started teaching when I was in ninth or 10th grade, yeah. swimming lessons, and um, swam all the way through, uh, and then coached once I got into teaching. I coached um, cheerleading and swimming. And then what, Monday cheerleading, coach. I know. what made you want to make the switch from, because I did have you mm-hmm. as a physical, you were my PE teacher yeah. in high school. And your health teacher. And my health teacher, lovely. Yeah. Um, I did have you as a teacher, but what made you want to switch to the administration side of it? What made you want to be a leader in that, right? So I think I think of myself always as being a leader. Um, it started like in in high school again. I was in student. I was student council president. I was a the captain of the swim team, things like that. Um, but it's not so much about um, the title. It's not about the title at all, really. It's about um, being able to help people move, right? To um, to make the change happen. Yeah. Um, to to help people, you know, get further and to kind of see the bigger vision. Um, I feel like I have had relationship, strong relationships with people to help them to understand who they are, where an organization needs to move, and I just like doing stuff. Right. It, yeah. it makes me better. Um, so I love getting involved in just all aspects of it. You know, at first I was the assistant, I was an assistant coach, right? And I was an assistant principal and I loved being behind the scenes. I did yeah. not want to be the one that was in in the front, right? I was a dean of students, all of those things. And then um, you're kind of like forced yeah. to kind of move yeah. a little bit forward. So that brings me back to when you were my boss. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't remember, because, you know, it's funny because, what I've learned about is when you have moments with people, sometimes they stick with you more than they'll stick with somebody else because it's just how they normally are and how they move through life, right? Yeah. So I worked for you at Bedensburg Country Club, right? And I was um, your camp counselor. I started off as a camp counselor. And then my last year, you promoted me to music director. Yes. So that means I was in charge of choreographing all the shows for the play and or for the final recital, and that I was in charge of like the music hour for each of the the camp counselors, or for each of the um, I think we had like six groups. or seven, yeah, each yeah. of the groups we yeah. had like six or seven. And I remember coming to you, and I was super excited, right? Like I taught dance, like I'm just was very excited about this opportunity, and I'm 17 years old, and I was about to go to college, and I was just 
very excited for this whole journey of my life. And so I was like, okay, so men, what songs do you want me to do? What program does it, what does it need to look like? And I was sitting there ready to taking a list and you looked at me and you go, no, that's you. And I, I was like, wait, what? No, like I'll just take the notes and I'll do exactly what you want to, to tell. Yeah. And you go, no, they were like, you're the music director. I hired you to pick the music, to choreograph it, to put together the program, to design the stage. And I was like, but you're going to let me do, I'm set. I go, I'm 17. You're going to let me do all. I was like, and, and you know me, yep. I was like, you're going to let me do all that. And you go, yes. Yeah. And you walked away. Like you weren't entertaining mm-hmm. any type of conversation of, well, I've never done this before. Man, I don't want to let you down. Like you just said, this is your assignment. Like, so first of all, you would never let me down. <laughs> <That's> true, <yeah. laughs> um, and I, I love that you remember that. I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I remember like saying to you, like, it's your show. Do yeah. what you need to do. Um, but like, that's been kind of my, like my philosophy, right. Is to, you know, let people do what they do. If you have an idea you want to run with it, like my staff now, right? They'll come to me and they're like, what do you think about this? Love it. Like, what do you, what do you need from me yeah. to help you make that happen? That is the entire way I run United Charitable. That is the entire way that I interact with every single employee that I have. And that is because of the leadership that you gave me from the age of 17. Wow. And like, if you think about that, you don't you don't think about as you're being such an example for a future leader, right? And the autonomy that you gave me, the freedom you gave me to, and I had some hiccups along the way and you had, a, and I needed your, do you remember, you probably remember this, is when I had this perfect dance in my head and it was to live in La Vida Loca, Ricky Martin, because yes. that was very big, like very big. I thought you were going to say something about sync. No, I went. we did that too. I know, but... <laughs> And I had a partner dance and there was more girl camp counselors than boy camp counselors. We had a partner dance and I did not. And so I had, I was like, okay, men, I only have enough girl spots for the boys. And you're like, no, we're, we're working in an environment where everybody's included. Really, when you're looking at that, you were like, no, you're not. You were like, no. And I was like, but no, you don't understand. Like, this is my vision. And you said to me, if your vision makes other people feel bad about themselves, is that really the right vision? And I was like. Oh crap. So you're going to make me cry because I don't remember that. And you, and I'm just, but I'm like, wow. It's you though. There's the, can you not hear yourself saying all those I can, words? I can hear myself, but it's not as way that you are saying it. And so then, I'm glad it had that effect on you. Yeah. Cause sometimes like I've, especially, I mean, you're talking about 17 years ago, right? Like, and I've done a lot of work on myself um, you're, to know. Stop 17. That would only oh. make me 34. Oh good. Love you. <laughs> but it was 29 years ago. Ouch. Yeah. Um, so I was really young then too. Yeah. Um, but you know, since then, right. Because not all people are able to take that kind of feedback. No. Right. No. So, and that's an important piece of it in life is that we're able to hear what other people say that we also have to know how people, how we're delivering it. Mm -hmm. Like, so that might work for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like we had a relationship back then that, and even now, right? Like we can talk to each other that way. Yeah. But I can't do that with all right. my employees, all of my staff. And yeah. I'm sure you can't do that yeah. with everybody here. Um, so you have to know that. Yeah. You have to know how to deliver something. You have to know how the person may or may not react to it. And feedback is important. But to grow individually, yeah. 
as a person, we need to be open to good and bad feedback. I'd like to thank United Charitable for sponsoring today's Inspire Changemakers podcast. United Charitable is a national nonprofit that focuses on guiding you on your charitable journey. Whether you like to simply streamline your giving or you like to create your own charitable initiative, United Charitable has the knowledge and resources to support you. If you'd like to learn more, check out the link in our bio. So I definitely believe those life lessons that you taught me about leadership early on definitely shaped my career. It also goes back to what you just said. My parents very much raised me in a way that you are able to be coached. That's how my parents, they don't say those words directly, but they were always very like, hey, listen, you can learn things from, and I was annoyed as most (laughs) of my life about this, but you can learn things from every environment that you're in. Absolutely. Every trip you go on, every person you meet, you there is some kind of takeaway that you can learn to make yourself better. And I credit my parents for, you know, teaching me the coaching mentality where it's like if you need help, yeah, get a coach. Yeah, and ask. Ask yeah. for help, ask. right? Yeah. But it's about experiences. Yeah. Right? And having those you had amazing opportunities that mm-hmm. your parents gave you and the yeah. experiences and, you know, I, your parents have taught me, right? Yeah. Like so many yeah. things. I, I would not be the administrator, the right. person I am without yeah. your mother. You yeah. know about that yeah. relationship. Uh, and having those mentors, right? Like you had yeah. as your family. Yeah. And I've had, besides my own parents, but so many great mentors. And even people that weren't like officially mentors, yeah. you know, bosses or coaches and things like that. There's everybody, anybody you got to, you know, you have a chance to meet can be a mentor to you. Give me an example of a mentor that was a surprising mentor to you that you oh, did wow. not think that you were going to learn something from and tell me what you learned. That's a difficult one because there's so many people. Uh, you know, I'd have to say it's the kids, my kids at school, right? I, I teach seventh, and, I have seventh and eighth graders in the middle school and they, just how they respond to the things that we do, you know, that's a mentorship, right? Like that, yeah. like they're, they're giving me the feedback, like this is really good program or you did not, this was not good. Right. Like, you know, this, yeah. why are we doing this? Yeah. It's not going to be that. Um, so, and just little notes that they might write me as well. Um, gets me to think about like, what do I need to do differently? And it's funny because I think, especially in today's day and age, that understanding that we can get negative feedback or Mm -hmm. things that didn't hit as what we thought they were going to hit and adjusting. But tell me, why do you think negative feedback and criticism is so hard for people? Because everybody takes things personally, right? It's not, it's, it's that you're not good enough, right? That we're not, um, we're not perfect, right? And so we're not able to, and we're, we're just overly sensitive, especially now, I feel like. Um, and so people are not comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. You know, and so that part, they can't take that criticism. Like, what, what do you mean? This what I tried my best. It wasn't good enough. Like, what do you mean? Um, it's not that I don't appreciate that you tried your best, but this is the standard, right? This is how I, what the outcome, you know, where I see it, or that I see you and that you can achieve so much more, right? Don't have your, raise the ceiling. Right. 
So it's it's trying to get them to see that there's so much more that they can do and be. And sometimes we can't see that in ourselves, right? We only have this limiting belief. So we have to, how do you tap into that, into their greatness and get them to see it? We talk a lot about failures and how it's such a negative, negative word in people. And I'm so afraid of it. Like, You are. Oh my God. Um, And so that's why I really enjoy CrossFit is because you actually try to fail. Like Mm -hmm. that means you've pushed yourself hard enough that you can't make that lift. You can't, right? But you've pushed yourself. (laughs) You were at Burn Boot Camp, right? Yep. Um, And so what do you, what have you learned from one of your, what is it? a failure that you kind of turned into something that was very positive and that worked? Oh, I think it's been, um, that's a hard one too. I mean, cause I, there's been a lot of failures, right? Um, I, I would say probably it's been either not, um, getting a certain position that I applied for, um, or like when I was swimming, like a time that I was going for, um, you know, winning an election, you know, like when I was in middle school, I, I didn't get the treasurer position, you know, something like that. Devastating. Exactly. Right. Devastating. But it's when you fall, how do you get back up? You know, I think Brene Brown talks about this, right. Yeah. Um, and how you respond to that. Uh, so it's, it, that's what gives me the energy, right? Like, so, all right, well, I didn't get it now. What can I do differently? Yeah. Um, or it just wasn't the right time when one door, you know, closes, another one will open. And it's having that mindset that this isn't going to define me. Right. Right. And if it is going to define me, then how am I going to react to it? Right. And that's the character, you know, we, you read in the bio about we're a school of character. Like that's what we're trying to teach our kids is like, how do we be resilient well, also showing good character. How do we come back from setbacks? Like, we're not always going to get straight A's, right? We're not going to even get A's and B's, right? We're, we're going to do our best. But did you do your best? And if you didn't, then what can you do differently to improve? And I think that, you know, you're in such, you're the 7th and 8th grader, right? So they are, what, 11 and 12. So we go from, like, 11 to age 14, Okay. Like rage, even in this a two-year school, right? Yeah. So they can come into uh, seventh grade as 11, turn 12, then, you know, 13, 14 yeah. in the eighth grade year. So it's two quick years and two years where there is a lot of um, doubt, right? Yeah. They're so worried about their friends, what their friends think of them, what their friends are going to say yeah. about them, um, fearful that they're going to make a mistake. Someone's yeah. going to say something. Yeah. You know, we live in this world of uh, everything is social media, the memes and all of the other things. So it's, it's a scary time and some kids will get through it really strong and other kids will struggle through it. And I, as you know, I'm raising a nine year old and yeah. a six year old, right? Two little girls. How do you set them up and tell them that it is okay to fail it is normal to doubt yourself. What messages do you keep telling them over and over? Well, first you got to start with love, right? You got to, in, even in, as an educator, we talk about that um, constantly. And I'm not talking, obviously, it's not romantic love, right? It's yeah. love that you, um, that you care about them, that you want the best for them. Um, 
that you want them to succeed in and so forth. So um, showing them that love, that you're always going to be there, you know, as a parent, that you're always going to be there to support them. However, you're also going to push them. And that's okay. That's your job as a parent. So you need to recognize when they do achieve things and congratulate them, um, honor that, um, and then challenge them as well. Right. To like, all right, that's great. What's, what's our next goals? Right. Right. What can we do differently? Um, and if it doesn't go well, okay, it was a bad day. We get, we dust it off. We move on, you know, and I'm still going to be here. Dad's still going to be here. We're still going to get back into whatever that activity is, schoolwork. It's just a blip. You know, again, it doesn't define who you are, especially at nine years old, right? Um, so you just want to build their confidence as much as possible and keep having the conversations. Right. Keep, just keep having the conversation. I had one of my first business coaches ha- take me, um, have me take a white piece of paper and draw a, uh, with a Sharpie, like a black line. And then they told me to take a pepper shaker and and write, and you see all these dots. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, now push all the dots together to form the line. And then you realize you didn't see any of the dots anymore because they're just these moments that you will absolutely disappear, that you will never remember again, but in that moment feel so real and alive and sometimes unsurmountable, right? Yeah. For even... I mean, I couldn't even, I'm walking through it with a nine-year-old right now, so I couldn't even imagine in two years what I'm going to be dealing with. Um, but stuff seems insurmountable to her, and it's like walking her through, and, and we talk about this a lot, planting the seed. Yeah. Tell me what that is. So planting the seed, I think, is, is really about um, what you value, right? What you, what you value as a family, what's important to you. Um, you know, I, I'm sure it's you talk to them about your family, right? You talk to your kids about the importance of family, what that means. You talk to them about um, caring for other people and being kind. You, you're not talking about, like, your worth is, a, is an A, right? Right In a class. Um, it's about who they are. So it's, it's really about what do you value um, as a family, as a person, and then what did they, like, how do they respond to that? And then ha- just, again, having those conversations about, um, you know, this is how we're going to move forward. Like, w- you're going to love your sister, <laughs> even though she's getting on your nerves <laughs> and she just maybe smacked you, right? right? Yes. <laughs> or pinched you um, and you're screaming at each other. You got it. Like, okay, come on back. And like, yeah. how are we going? How are we going to do this better? Right. right. How are we going to learn to get along, to appreciate each other's strengths? Um, because we got, this is all we got, right? This yeah. is, this, this is, is it. Who you're going to have like when mom and dad are gone, yeah. you're going to have your sister. So how do you build that foundation is, is showing them how to love each other. Right. right? Modeling that and how you respond to them. Um, and, and that's just the thing, you know, just keep saying it over and over again. And when I was looking at your bio, And I was, you see what I just circled. When I was looking at your bio, what really stuck out to me is visionary principle. What is a visionary principle? That's a good question. Um, I think it's somebody that can, um, you know, can see 
the full picture, right? Somebody who can see the organization, have an understanding, like in, in my world of education, you know, we are, there's state standards, curriculum standards that we have to go by. There is expectations of the community, our school board, there are strategic plans, right, about um, wellness and um, academic expectations on all of those things. So now seeing that, taking that, and then creating um, a school and that meets all of those things. And, and you can, you're not going to hit all of them, right? You're not going to be able to meet everyone's expectations because everybody's coming with their own set of values and, of and things like that. But you want to make it inclusive. You want to make it comprehensive um, for all students and a sense of belonging. So, again, it goes back to values. Yeah. What do you value as an institution? What's our mission? You know, and then how are we going to get there? So taking that and kind of coming up with the package. And that's not just me, right? That's a team. And and I wouldn't have been able to uh, receive that award without the team. The the team it got that award. My my and that team is not just other administrators that are part of our admin team. It's my staff, uh, my teacher leaders, it's my students, it's parents, it's community, it's everybody. Um, because they buy in. Right? They're buying in and they're bringing their best. So, but you have to be clear on what you value and then what's the mission? You know, it, is it, and, and does it still connect? So every year at the beginning of the year, we look at our mission statement and I show it to the kids, I show it to the staff and I'm like, is this what we still, are we still on the same page? Do we all believe in this or do we need to change this? Is, is it in line with the um, state standards? Is it aligned with the um, school board goals and things like that? But also, again, in our building, in our little, in our small building, um, do we believe this? Because if we don't, then what do we believe in? Because you got to give everybody a voice, you know, and that goes back even to when you're talking about your kids, like, are you giving them some voice and choice in the things that, not that you're negotiating, right? But you got to have the conversation, yeah. So that they know that they're heard um, and that that's the only way you can move the organization and have the vision, right? When everybody buys in, then you can do all the greatness, all the fun. And do you think that applies to every aspect of your life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, so and we've talked about this all the time, you and I, about um, routines, right? <laughs> that we, I, I have a routine, I get up at 4.30 in the morning, um, I, I go, I work out, I have a gratitude journal, I, I, I do all the things, I meditate, but that's because if I go back to who I am, you know, health and wellness is important, and I know that if I can't be my best self, like, if I'm not physically fit, mentally fit, I can't help others, right, so that's something that I value, so I take time like I like I'm here you know visiting in Virginia from New Jersey this morning I got up went to burn boot camp yay burn boot camp um and it's a great opportunity because we can go to different camps in different places and did my workout took a walk um listened I listened to a podcast this morning another podcast for some inspiration and um you know I do affirmations as well so I have to take care of myself, and that's something that I value. 
So it, yes, it absolutely. And then you set goals. So you talked about four, right? Failure in the gym. Um, my goal is to make it through without having to modify, some, you know, a certain exercise or just get through it that day. You know, depending on how you wake up, some days are better than others. Um, so you set the little goals. There's, you know, I've had educational goals for myself. I've had job goals for myself, you know, lots of different things, but it's really about being the best version of myself. You know, how do I do that? And we've, you know, I think, and especially for women and self-care is something that's very hard. Um, And so I know personally, I've probably sat across from every person on my podcast thus far, and we've talked about self-care, and everybody tells me their version, and I think to myself, how, how, how do you do it? Like, I just need, like, the roadmap. Um, but, but everybody's how, journey is different. But why is self-care so important? I, I, it goes back again to what I said before. Like, you can't, you can't give, right? We're here to serve. That's, you know, I... That's our job, you know, as humans is to serve and to help. And that will bring us so much more in happiness and, and so forth. So if we cannot serve and fill our own cups first, we cannot give. You, you can't just keep pouring and pouring and pouring, right? Because um, you just won't. There's not enough there. It leaves you better. No, it leaves you better and mean. Why? No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that it's going to leave you bitter and mean, but it, it's just you're going to be exhausted. Uh-huh. And then you can't be your best, right? So you have two beautiful girls, and I know you want to give them your best all the time, and yeah. we talk about this, you and I, about, you know, what do, where do we say no? You know, what boundaries do we set up? And um, it's very hard because I am a people pleaser, right? I want to – I want people to like me, so I figure, like, I'll just say yes, 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 yes. And I've just started realizing, like, I can't do all that um, because, you know, it's I'm getting a little older and it's a little harder to get up <laughs> and do and do and do and do. Um, but if I want to do all those things, I got to take care of myself, right? I don't, okay. I won't have the energy if I just sit on the couch. I, I love to sit on the couch and watch, watch TV. Oh, binge watch. I am the best binge watcher. Are you? Out there. Yeah. What show? What show are you binge watching right now? Um, I just watched, um, oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to get it wrong. I can't even think of it right now. Okay. See, look at me, my brain, I just lost it. You're like, you're like <laughs> I watched it on Hulu, but no. Um, the most important thing that I got out of what? Josie Jones. Josie jo- Daisy Jones Daisy- and the was it um, good? and the six. That's what it is. Okay, Daisy it, Jones and the six. Was it good? It was fabulous. Okay, so fabulous. it'll be on my list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Took me a while to remember that. <laughs> but the thing that you said that was most important in that conversation to me is that you said we're here to serve. Yeah. Where did that come from? I think that's um, you know something that it's been. I want to say the last, I don't think 20 years of my life, right? Um, the positions that I've been in, but just a lot of the things that I've read in terms of also kind of to better my own self and real, realizing that I was doing it all along, right? I was giving and serving. And service comes in so many ways, right? It might just be physically showing up, right? And being there. 
being there for a friend, answering the phone call, showing up to the dance recital, showing up for whatever the activity is, right? And knowing that you're there to help or just be there as um, that person, right? Like that that kindness that is there. So, so serving comes in different ways. It's the doing, right? You go and you physically go and do something like you're working in a soup kitchen or you're planting trees or um, you know, building things and, and so forth. Um, so I think it comes in lots of different things. And I, when I look back at my journey, like all of the things starting in middle school and being in student council and community service clubs and um, high school and then even in college and serving as the leader, the president of the Health and PE Association, you know, like – you're, you're doing stuff and you're serving other people. You're not just doing, yes, it comes back to you, right? You feel good. That fills your cup also when you know that you're able to help people. Um, so I think that's, like I said, I think it's um, something that I've done all my life, but not really didn't realize it, like how important it was until the last 20 years or so. I would like to thank Athletes Charitable for sponsoring today's Inspired Changemakers podcast. Athletes Charitable offers a concierge membership service that provides the tools and resources to build a legacy through service. Our athlete-led team has the first-hand experience and expertise to provide hands-on support that simplifies the entire process for athletes and entertainers to reach their social entrepreneurship goals and create lasting impact in their communities. To learn more, check out the link in the bio. And I think it's really funny because we don't take a lot of time, or at least I haven't, and I'm starting to more recently, is taking, like, especially this podcast, is taking that that look back of the journey of, like, how you got here. And in one of the other podcasts um, that I did um, with Rennie, actually, he was like, okay, what are the three moments? Like, did you hear that one? Like, what are the three moments that really kind of, like, got you here? And it was really funny to me because I don't know if I would be where I am today if it wasn't for your example of leadership working for Wegmans yeah. was so good for me. I have never gone through so custom, so much customer service training in my entire life. And I worked there for about five years, mm-hmm. summers, and, yeah, uh, summers and breaks from college. And they kept training over and over and over again on how do we want to make people feel mm-hmm. when they walk in the store. Right. And they have, I think Wegmans and I, I think Whole Foods also, they have their values like on yeah. the wall. And when I will, during my graduate school, and we talked about mission and values and, and I was like, why don't I have it up on the wall in our school? Yeah. And so we now have it up on the wall. Um, but I, I agree with you in terms of um, knowing, having that um, sense of, Again, it goes back to like what what is it that drives you yeah. the values? And I go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. It's fine. But when we look at Bedensbrook, right? Yeah. That's just a tiny example of my life, right? Tiny example is that you look at it, and we had camp counselors, we had lifeguards, we had a whole bunch of high school students mm-hmm. that you were leading to provide a great opportunity for kids, right? They were learning golf and tennis and this, and you I'm had a. Best. Arts and crafts, that was my favorite. I loved off, I, that was actually my favorite. Um, but if, and, and pool, right? Yeah, Cause swimming. yeah, yeah, swimming. Yeah, 
Um, but you had us all on the same team and it was really easy for me to go to work every day and know what I was expected of me and be bought into the team. And I was in Wegmans and I'm bought into the team. And then I have some other life experiences where it wasn't being bought into the team, Mm -hmm. where it was a different version of leadership where it's like, oh no, you waited for your checklist. And I was like, wait, I've, I've never been given a checklist in my life. Like you've told me what the goal is. And then you've asked, then most of the leaders that I've worked for would ask me then to create the way to get there. And it was really interesting to me. And I've, and you get to make decisions of how you are going to lead and how you're going to interact for people and how you're going to show up for people. And when you can really clearly make the decision, I liked it <laughs> when I was led in this way. So why, and I go over this over and over again, but leadership is so important, but how do you train other leaders? So I, I'm very fortunate that I have the opportunity. I do mentor, um, administrate, you know, uh, young administrators, people that want to go into the field and, it goes back to servant leadership, right? Like, and all, and being authentic, being who you are, right? So there's all these different styles of leadership. You can read about all of them. Um, and I, I think for me is that I'm living my authentic self. And it's not always good, right? So You're some, not perfect? No. So like <laughs> some of those leaders that you were just talking about too, right? Like that may have given you because there's times that you have to be that way right yeah there's times that necessitate that you there's the list right we need this 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 and this done now yeah right and then there's the other times where you're like all right this is a great project what are you gonna do how are we gonna do it um what do you need all of those things so for me it's about like how are you gonna serve so it's the servant leadership part do you need me to be the, in the back? Do you need me to be in the front? Like, where do you need me in the in that part? And then it's like, okay, um, I, I'm going to tell you how it is too, right? Like, yeah. And sometimes that's hard. Hard conversation. Because right? that's the authentic piece of me um, that I can't hide it. Like, I, the face is not always good. <laughs> I, wor- I try to work on that. Some people will like that. Some people don't like it, right? Right. Um, I, I say that in my orientations with families, like I'm going to be direct with you, um, because they need, they need to hear it sometimes. Right. Um, so that they have a clear understanding of this is how it's going, how the organization is going to be like, this is school. This is a safe place in lots of different ways. Right. Because we hear all these things, scary things about schools. It's a safe place that. Strangers don't come in and hurt us, but also when we're here, it's a safe place to take risk, right? And then what does that look like? So you have to define that for people. And sometimes that's being brutally honest of what you're not going to accept. We're not going to accept people that are mean, that are not kind, that um, do not respect each other, don't respect the building, don't respect um, the facilities, all of those things, don't respect their families, right? Um, so we have a cardinal code and like, this is how we're going to live. Right. Like the cardinal, the cardinal code is that's our, that's our mascot. So it's being respectful, being responsible, being ready. And so we define what that looks like. Right. So it's, it's the cardinal way. It's the cardinal code. Um, but so even though it's, it's direct, 
but it's really just setting that expectation. And again, it goes back to what you value. Um, but it's hard and you have to be real about it so that people can see who you are as a person and they're going to want to work for people that are real. If I'm fake all the time and if I'm just, um, stroking your ego, like, how is that going to get us anywhere? How are you going to improve? I keep telling you, oh yeah, yeah, you're just, you're just so great. But if I don't tell you really why you're great or tap into like, I need you to do this because I see this in you, mm-hmm. you we're not going anywhere. We're just going to stay stagnant as a, uh, as a school, as an organization. And how do you prepare yourself to have those difficult moments? Um, I, I'd have to do it. Sometimes there's, you know, it's hard. You have to have d- difficult conversations, right? Like I don't, I'm not a real big fan of confrontation. Um, but when I have to do it, you have to, you know, get your mind right. Um, in those incidents, I, I have to do a lot of self-talk. Sometimes I'll write down like what the points that I want to say. Other times it's just in my head. Um, I'll do my homework. Like I'll be prepared, right? You have to be prepared with factual information, not just how you feel, right? Like it, it has to be specific things because people need to have those specific things. It's not like, well, this is how you're making me feel or no, that, that, that's not real. Like you're making, just making somebody feel bad. That's not it. It's, um, it's being very conscious of like, this is what you're supposed to do. This didn't happen. And then what I, how I see why it didn't happen. So you have to be, do the homework. And I think the hardest thing that we, we have in this world, right, is that when we want to create change and we want to be different and we can want it so bad, but how do we actually, what do you do to actually start those, those steps or those moments? That goes to the, the seeds, right? So um, it's knowing your team. Um, and that, and, and knowing your kids too. Like for me, for school, it's the kids in our school, but knowing your team and their strengths, like everybody has strengths. You want to hire the people right. for your organization if they weren't bringing something special to that organization. And everybody has a different strength, right? We call that at our school, we call it your greatness, right? Every kid has greatness. So how do you tap into that? You see it, you recognize it, and then ask them. Like, so you'll ask them for something like, have you ever thought about doing this? Um, or I need, I really need you to start X, Y, Z, right? Right. So really tapping into people's strengths and seeing them and then just putting out those things like, what do you think about this? I was thinking about this <laughs> and let people poke holes in your crazy plans because I've had some crazy plans. And so I'm like, do you think this will work? Like, I'll just ask random people and... And they are, they feel like, wow, she wanted to hear me. Again, voice, you're giving people voice, you're giving people choice. Sometimes you have to do it in a survey. Um, Sometimes, you know, you got to hear hard things. Like I've I've put out surveys to my staff, like, what can I do differently? And it's like, I'm like afraid to open them sometimes, you know, because, but you have to. Right. Um, But you got to just, you got to put it out there to kind of see how people feel about it and then Hey, this is nuts. I'm, it's not going to happen. And now switch it to personal. How do you then create the change in yourself personally? Uh, 
you know, I count on my friends to be honest with me, you know, too. You have to have people that are going to tell you the truth, right? So if you only surround yourself with like-minded people, that's not going to happen for you, right? Because you're just going to keep, you're going to keep wearing the same, you know, we've we've been in the dressing room. Uh, (laughs) Turn around and go back out. Like, that's what, like, you can't wear that. (laughs) But it looks nice. This is the color I want. No. You can't say that to everybody, (laughs) right? right? Um, But... So you, you have to surround yourself with people who are going to tell you the truth, um, but also people who think differently than you do and have an open mind. So right? important. You, you have to be open to different perspectives. If we're not, like, what are we doing? Like, why? That's what we're here for. Like, to just to hear, to grow, to learn, to experience all of those things. Like, how do we do it if we don't, like... I'm going to start trying. I feel very lucky personally to have had you as a mentor and a role model in my life just because I don't know if that mentality, like, you know, you have been an example of that your entire life. And I've been with you for a lot of your ups and downs and you've been with me through all of my ups and downs and all of the like. More ups. More ups. ups. Um, But to have those type of people in your life that can honestly say, and I remember being, you know, out of my mom's friends, we'll say it like that. Yeah. I'm not going to say all of them open up about what they struggle with, right? It is, it's a very certain type of person that can be vulnerable, that can say, I struggle with this, but also can say, I want this, right? Yeah. And you really continually do that. And you've been how long in Lawrence now? This is going to be my 32nd year. So what year did you start? Oh, thanks, Julia. Now that everyone's going to know how old yeah. I am. 1992. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and you've really, throughout all of it, right, like you have been that vulnerable leader that says, hey, listen, I know I need to work on this, but I'll really, you know, but I'm really good at this. But number one, I'll show up for you for this. Mm-hmm. And if you want to work on this, I'll help you. I'll give you all the tools and the resources to get you there. And that's not everybody's like that. Well, I I think that, again, it comes from being around good people, right? So it's being reflective. Um, It's setting personal goals for yourself. Um, You know, as you said, like, I've I've had ups and downs. I'm not perfect. I know that. Um, But... I try to own, yeah, own it, right? We got to own who we are. Um, you know, confidence comes with trying new things, taking risks, um, practicing. You know, I think that a lot of my leadership comes from my background as a swimmer. You know, I'm very grateful to my parents for also pushing me. Like, there wasn't a day, like, I didn't get to stay home. My parents were tough, right? Like you, you didn't like I. I didn't get to not feel good, and I, I still had to go to school. Like you get up and go to school. You're, there's yeah. no staying home. Um, and when and we didn't have a lot of money growing up, right? So the fact that they um, put us in swimming and we were on a club team and doing all those things, like we wanted to respect 
their hard work and putting us in those programs. And so I've always learned to work hard. Like my dad never stayed home either. Like he always, I, I look at him now and the, the medical issues that he's had and the strength that he brings. He's a strong man. You know, he worked two jobs, um, my entire life. Um, he worked up, I think he was, um, 79 when he finally retired and, um, and just worked and worked and worked. And so that's been instilled in me, that work ethic, and to always try to be better, you know, and to get better and to respect my parents. You know, that that's, I, I see it sometimes, and it's scary that I don't think there's always that respect, but I want my parents to be proud of me, you know, and for, I'm so fortunate to be a part of your life, Julia, mm. that I've been, I'm so proud of you. Right. And to see the wonderful moments and like when we can celebrate each other, like you talked about women and the hardships, like when we can celebrate each other, you know, that's what makes life good. Right. Life is not like we make life so difficult and it doesn't need to be like we if we honor ourselves, honor other people, we serve, you know, we share in the in the love and the wonderfulness that's happening. How can life be bad? Life is good then, but we got to keep remembering, right? Because we get, we can get in our own heads and that's a lot of self-talk to get out of it. Well, men, it's a lot lot. (laughs) and we are going to end on that note because that was exactly what I wanted out of this podcast today is that belief, right? That pep talk, that the world is good. Yeah. Yeah, That coaching (laughs) you, that really it's about showing up connectivity. How can Mm -hmm. we, and you you also said that your best looks different every day and being okay with that. Yeah. Oh, well, Mindy, thank you so much. Your best is looking really good. It's looking good today. I know. Thanks, man. (laughs) Um, but no, thank you so much, honestly, for being on the podcast. I appreciate all the support throughout, you know, everything in my life. So it's, it's hard to wrap up in a, in a sentence. Well, Julia, you know, I love you. And, um, just thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. So I can't. So what's the 2024 award that yes. we are going <laughs> to? No, awesome. All right. Thanks, man. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Thanks. Find inspired change makers on Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn and comment on all the awesome things you are doing to make this world a better place. Don't forget to subscribe. Mm-hmm.